Well, good morning, all. What a day to be walking with the Lord, huh? All right. Well, we, we put out a special note to you out last week to, to go up on Facebook and check out some things, and you didn't, I'm sure some of you did. How many were up this morning and checked out the updated one? A couple of you. All right. If you don't, you're not, you don't know what you're in for. Because I put a little update up there. I saved it from last night. I want to, I want to let you know. And before we get started, I want you to all have this confession with me together. Are you ready? I love, I love my pastor. My pastor. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm going to make you say that again later on. <laughs> yeah. Now we were setting you up for this week, and um, with a with a few things we did last week, we'll show you show you what's going on here. But just understand, everything we're going to get into the next couple of weeks is for your benefit. But some of it won't be easy. I did mention it to you that some of this is going to be really tough. It's going to be hard to hear on some of it. But how many of you want to be faithful in God's eyes? If you are not faithful in God's eyes, how much reward do you get? And then your entire life down here was spent for what? So you may get mad at me for a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> I can take it. All right. We got to, we got to eat together though afterwards. So I'll just see how many people are sitting at the table on that. We'll just see how that goes. <laughs> we talked about the faithfulness of God. We're going to be speaking about what it is to be faithful to God. We're dividing this into three parts. Three parts. The first part is I called not me. That is the stuff that's outside of myself. The second part is in me, the stuff that God has entrusted to me. The third part is just me. And that's my own actions. All right, so three parts. I don't promise that we're going to get through it in three weeks. It may get done in three weeks, but it may not. And then that's going to set us up for some other things that are going down. God kind of mapped this entire thing out for me way way earlier than usual. But we're going to... There's a whole lot of places we can get into Scripture. But we're going to just spend time on um, on two main areas and uh, in a couple of sub-areas. But there's other places you can get to, to to see this. But here's our first area. These are things that are outside of me. And the first one is truth. Our faithfulness to God is demonstrated in the truth that we hold on to. And we're going to show you this in the Word of God. John chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Keep that in mind, folks. He's trying to get them liberated, get them free from that. Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Just think of any sin that you got involved with that the tempter came to you and said, Well, this is not a big deal. What's the, what's Jesus say about it? Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me. Look at this. Because my word has no place in you. Who's he speaking to? Religious leaders. He says, my word has no place in you. 
Now it really starts to get heavy here. I speak what I have seen my father. I, I, I'm sorry. I speak what I have seen with my father. And you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to him, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God. Abraham did not do this. How many times do we see in the news today of people that desire harm to those who speak a truth? Verse 41, you do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we were not born of fornication. We have one father, God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I proceed forth and came from God. For nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? You ever had that with people? You're talking to them, but they just can't understand you. They are so caught up in the hate in the sin, in the things that they're caught up with, they cannot understand you. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. Understand, people in the world and people in the church who are not of the Father cannot hear the word of God. They cannot hear the truth. Cannot. That's what that's Jesus' words right there. Isn't that what he says? You are not able to listen to my word. You were of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you don't, do not, I'm sorry, the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Boy, I'll tell you what, then some fighting words, isn't it? Hmm. You are of your father, the devil. These are religious leaders, and he is saying this in public. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Now, now think about this. Why don't they believe Jesus' truth? Why don't they? Because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Isn't that odd? So if he would tell them a lie, they would believe him. But because he says the truth, they don't believe him. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you, tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's Words, therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. I mean, these are some heavy words he's speaking here, aren't they? He who is of God hears God's word. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. So, not just the truth of God's word, but any truth really you'll see this with. As soon as people see the truth, they, they run from it. They don't like it. The world will present lies and falsehoods as truth. And the Bible says that they are of their father, the devil. Now think about this. If we as the church 
hear the falsehoods of the world and speak those falsehoods as truth, what do we do? Can you see how grave this can be? If we speak the truth that the world sees and that the world promotes, and we speak it, being people of God, we lessen the truth of God that we would speak because of the lies that we told. We must check out everything that we are to repeat and that we are to say. Because the world is filling us with all kinds of lies. And unfortunately, folks, I have heard the church repeat some of these. We should not be doing it. We are representatives of the truth. And the words that come out of our mouth ought to be the truth. If you can't verify it as being truth, then shut up. Don't repeat it. Don't spread it. Don't say it. Don't harbor it in your hearts. Don't think it in your head. Get it out. Because the enemy is trying to subvert the truth. And he has got many in the church believing lies and speaking lies as if they were the truth. See, that's why we started last week on this with when you cannot tell that the will of God is something different from what you did. When you think you have done your own will, you think you've done the the will of God, just like with Saul. Saul thought... He did what God said. He said, look, I've obeyed God. And the prophet said, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You didn't do it. And God rejected him because of it. I told you the story. I thought I had God's heart on something. Turned out I did not and almost missed a purpose. Not the purpose. A purpose that God had for me to accomplish because I was so caught up on something else. Now, you have a truth detector on the inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit. He will tell you when something is not right. Now, think about this. If you, as a believer, as a follower of God, had the truth detector on the inside, accept a lie and proceed to speak it as truth, what happens to the truth detector on the inside? Did it become wrong? No. You are dying to its voice. And every time that you accept a lie, you kill that voice in you a little more to the point that you can't hear it anymore. Verse 48. He's not done. Then the Jews answered and said to him, Do we not say rightly that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. Can you see how someone who is of their father, the devil, cannot hear spiritual truth because you hear the words of Jesus and you understand it exactly as he meant, meant it. You will not die spiritually. But they can't get past the natural part because they can't hear it. They can't see it. That's how, that's how deaf they are to the things of the truth. 
Are you greater than our father Abraham who is dead and the prophets are dead? Whom do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me and of whom you say that he is your God. Yet you have not known him. But I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. (laughs) But I do know him and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. And the Jews said to him, you are not 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to him, most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Oh, that was just too much for them to handle. Then they took up stones to throw at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Now, I still, we have to go up to to heaven and see the uh, videotape on this one. Because how does the guy that you are focused on, that you are angry with, walk right past you? I don't know how that happens. But it did. That's what happened here. If I keep getting pulled into thinking that what is untrue is true, then it's a good indication that what I think is the Holy Spirit speaking to me, it's not actually Him. If I'm constantly being pulled into what is untrue, then probably the voice that I'm listening to is not the right one. I put this in your outline. I want to make sure you get it. It's all in caps. Learn from our mistakes. If you blew it, learn from it. Don't just try and cover it up. If I don't learn from my mistakes, why are people going to believe in the truth of God that I speak? They aren't going to, they aren't going to believe it because I've spoken lies before. You see, this is a way that the devil gets you to compromise your testimony. He wants to get you to accept it. He gets wrong information to us about something that triggers my emotions. Now, what triggers my emotions is not what triggers your emotions. You know, we all, all politics can always get somebody up, 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 route up. And for some people, if you say something against the current president, you'll get them riled up. If you say something for the current president, you'll get others riled up. If you went to a previous president, you can pick them and there'll be certain ones. If you say something good, you'll see, you'll get them all riled up. They're angry. If you say something bad, you get other ones all riled up. They're angry. You see, you get your emotions. The devil does not care what truth you bu- or what truth of his you buy into. He just cares that you buy into it. That's all he cares about. Because if he can get you to believe a lie, It doesn't matter which side of the issue you're on. If he can get you to believe a lie, then you will say the lie. And you will compromise the truth. And according to Jesus, you should start speaking lies like that. You are no longer of your Father God. You're of who? Now, if you want to see how seriously Jesus takes this, go back to the story. You all know it. When Peter spoke lies to Jesus. You ought not to be teaching and saying things like that. What did Jesus say? Get behind me, Satan. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. He didn't take that very well. 
Understand, the devil does not care what gets you upset. He doesn't care if it's a good cause or a bad cause. If he can get you to buy into the lie, that's all he's got to do. If I buy into a lie, am I faithful? I am not. If I accept a lie and speak the lie, I am not faithful. And yet, most of those people would say, I am faithful to God. But God's looking down. God knows what the truth is. And He's trying to tell you what the truth is. And He's trying to wake you up to the fact that you are not believing the truth. You won't hear it. And so in God's eyes, are you faithful? No, but in ours we are. Once they get righteously angry, of course, anyone in the church has to be righteously angry. We can't just be angry. We get righteously angry. I repeat the lies. And I'm snugged. I am hooked. You see, some people believe that Donald Trump is from the devil. Some people believe that Donald Trump is from God. The devil doesn't care what side of the fence you're on. If he can sell you a lie that makes you believe what you believe and you promote it and you get righteously angry because there's people who are righteously angry that he's in office and there are people that are righteously angry that uh, that people were trying to remove him. But where's, where's the truth? Where's God's truth? We got to be hungry for that truth. That's what we got to be, be set out after. The devil's going to try and compromise you. He doesn't care what side he compromises you with. He just cares that you get compromised. Some people, even after they hear the truth on the matter, still can't back out of it. They still have to hang on to what it is that they're doing. The corruption that comes to me then is that I love lies more than I love the truth. If God has exposed something that I believe is a lie and I still hang on to it, then I am becoming a lover of lies and not a lover of truth. Can you see the great compromise that can go on? I put this in your outline for you and I misworded this a little bit because I worded it one way and then changed it so I'll fix this for you. But inconsistent truth is false truth and thus we know its source. I was going to say where it comes from. <laughs> but I, I changed it and forgot to, to knock out that word. Inconsistent truth is false truth. And thus we know its source. Now take a look at what's going on here today with the inconsistent truth. How many of y'all know we, we've got this very much in the forefront with the, uh, the laws in New York and the laws in Virginia, or the one that Virginia tried to pass, on abortion? And it's all about a woman's right to choose. How many of you heard this? It's a woman's right to choose. A woman should be able to do whatever she wants with her body. But that's an inconsistent truth. That is not a truth that we have uh, inconsistency. How many of you know that there are laws on the books that are enforced on a regular basis against prostitution? Does that give the woman the right to do what she wants to with her body? No, we have laws there and they're very well accepted. How many of you remember when President Obama first ran for office during that time? He uh, proposed a certain health care legislation. And they had this uh, conference, this uh, media event and there was a uh, question and answer session. And there's a lady who stood up 
and asked this question. I don't know if you remember this question. I remember it well. It was very telling. The lady asked, she says, my mother is a hundred years old. She said, I think it was five years ago. She was diagnosed with a condition and the doctor said, there's nothing more we can do for her. She needs a pacemaker. But this particular doctor wouldn't do it because of her age. But they had gone to a second doctor and this second doctor had had looked at her mother and said, because of her spirit of life. Anybody remember this one? Really? Wow. You got to go back and look it up. They said because of her spirit of life that they were going to, he was going to do the procedure and give her the pacemaker. And so they had the operation. She had the pacemaker. She's now five years later doing well. And so this is the question that she asked of he was not president then. He was still running. He said, on your health care plan, would my mother have been able to get the pacemaker? And the president answered, and it was a long answer that he gave. And I'll tell you, if you want, you can go back up and you can find it. I'll look it up for you if anybody wants to hear it. And he told her, he says, no. He said, in some of those cases, we are better off giving a pain medication than we are doing the procedure. I really don't know what pain medication had to do with the pacemaker, but that's what the words that were, that were used. And he told her, no, we would not have given your mother the pacemaker. Now, is it her right to choose what she does with her body? She's a woman. Isn't that interesting? That the same people who promote one truth will deny it in another spot? Inconsistent truth. You see, if truth is inconsistent, it's not of God. God's truth will never be inconsistent. It is always the same. How about this one? We had, uh, and I, I just, I shudder to think this is going on. I, I, abortion just bothers me. It bothers me greatly. All this stink that the media wants to make about people who die in wars. What is the number up at? 61 million that have died because of abortion. War doesn't even come close to it. Murder with guns, not even, not even in a close to a ballpark. This is the, this is a huge thing. So now, according to near, how many saw the press conference where they were cheering when it was announced that even if the baby was born alive, they would be able to kill it? In fact, the governor of Virginia, he was actually uh, stated that if the baby was born alive, that they would make the baby comfortable. And then they would have a discussion with the doctor and the mom. Anybody hear these words? And then decide what to do. So you have a living, healthy baby outside of the womb. And you're going to make a decision as to whether that baby lives or dies. The process up in New York, here's an inconsistent truth for you. The process up in New York, how many of you caught this? That the law that they passed now allows abortions to be done by doctors and non-medical personnel. Did anybody catch that? Now, the whole reason that abortion was passed in the beginning with was because they didn't want women to have to go into back alleys and get the procedures done by non-doctors. Can you see the inconsistency? 
because we're not after the truth. That's not the, that's not the thing. It, it is incredible how much protection we will give to the eggs of turtles and of eagles, but not to a human. I get to hear about it all the time from the people down in Florida that, uh, uh, the, you know, the turtles hatch in May, but I believe it's the last week of March. They are not allowed to turn their outside lights on, even though some of those lights are for security purposes. They're not allowed to turn them on because it might distract the turtles from coming ashore instead of going out into the water. So they can't turn them on from the end of March until whenever the hatching period is over. And they actually have people who walk up and down the beaches to see if you are in compliance with the lights. And if not, you will get summons and you can pay a fine if you have your lights on. Did anybody not know that? Really? You didn't know that's going on down in Florida? This happens down in Florida. In fact, folks, they have people who walk the beaches to find when the mama turtles come and lay their eggs. And they mark them. I've seen this. This part I have seen when we were down in Florida. They actually mark where the eggs are. And no one is allowed anywhere near those eggs. If you try, if your little boy, little girl tries to go over there and dig where those eggs are, they will be taken and removed from that place. They are not allowed. These are the things that go on. In our country. How many of you know Chuck Schumer? He's one of the first ones who will criticize anyone who has a sexual allegation against them, regardless of whether it is true, proven, or otherwise. How many of you know that one of the highest up in his office resigned in November and it just came out? The reason he resigned was because of sexual misconduct in the office. And Chuck Schumer, how many heard Chuck Schumer say anything about it? Isn't it interesting how it is such a big thing when it is someone who is of his opponents, but when it's in his own office, he doesn't say anything about it. Does that mean that we are of the truth? That sexual misconduct shouldn't go on? Of course, we've heard this, uh, this stink made quite a bit about, but how many people are talking about how the walls around our country to protect it are immoral? And these are comments that are made from the very people who have walls around their homes, walls around their offices, and have built, have authorized and paid for walls in other countries. The United States has built and paid for walls in Syria, walls in Jordan, walls in other places. But for some reason, building one here is immoral. Is that inconsistent? We can keep on going on. That's not our purpose here. I want you to see that good Christian people have gotten very passionate just on some of these issues, but they don't realize that they may be falling for a lie. You see, Jesus loves the truth. He loves the truth. Even if it's painful, folks, we got to love the truth. Even if we don't like where that truth leads us, we have to love the truth. But the devil wants to get us to the point where we don't love the truth. We need to cover this truth up because this truth will, this will take people away from where we want them to go. See, Jesus doesn't beat people down with the truth. He led them into a truth lifestyle. Remember when the woman with the, who was caught with, um, adultery and everybody came and they were beating her down with the truth. 
she was caught in the very act of adultery. You all know the inconsistencies. Where's the guy? How did they know this was going on? It was all set up. Jesus knew it was a setup. But after it was all done, he says, where are your accusers? And she says, they've all gone. He says, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more. See, Jesus is not out to try and beat people over the head with the truth. He's tried to lead them into a lifestyle of truth. Into a love affair with the truth. And that's where we need to be. Years ago, you all remember, may remember that fiasco that was, was going on where the police officer shot a particular youth. And because there was color involved, that the skins of the two people were of different color, it became a news item. And how many remember the hands up, don't shoot thing? But even when it came out and the FBI had released all their interviews and it was known that the only person who said that hands up, don't shoot happened was a very close friend of the person who was shot. That every other witness, according to the FBI, every other witness, whether they were black, brown, pink, orange, blue, white, whatever color they were, every other witness said something completely different. But still, parades went on, signs were made, hands up, don't shoot. And the narrative was still that the police shot unarmed, surrendering people. And if you tried to tell them the truth, what would they do? Because we fell in love with a lie. Every single lie, according to Jesus... Every single lie has as his, has as its source Satan. He is the inspirer of lies. But Jesus inspires truth. I'm going to read these for you. Here in Proverbs chapter 10 verse 6, blessings are on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. You can tell right there where people, what side people are on, truth or not truth just by the, the, the violence or the blessings. That'll tell you right there. The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. The wise in heart will receive commands, but a prating fool will fall. He who walks with integrity walks securely, but he who prevents his ways will become known. He who winks with the eye causes trouble, but a prating fool will fall. The mouth of the righteous is well is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sin. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sin. God, folks, God wants to cover sins. He wants to, he wants to help people get past it. He's not trying to, to bring everything out in the open. He's trying to help people. Deal with it. Get them past it. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who is understanding, but a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. Wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. I'm going to read this for you, the New Century Version. See if some of this makes a little more sense this way. Good people will have rich blessings, but the wicked will be overwhelmed by violence. Good people will be remembered as a blessing, but evil people will soon be forgotten. The wise do what they are told, but a talkative fool will be ruined. The honest person will live in safety, but the dishonest will be caught. 
A wink may get you in trouble, and foolish talk will lead you to ruin. The words of a good person give life, but a fountain of water, uh, like a fountain of water, but the words of the wicked contain nothing but violence. Hatred stirs up trouble, but love forgives all wrongs. Hatred stirs up trouble, but love forgives all wrongs. Smart people speak wisely, but people without wisdom should be punished. The wise don't tell everything they know, but the foolish talk too much and are ruined. (laughs) But hatred stirs up strife, folks. Love seeks out to cover or forgive the sins. 1 Peter 4, verse 8. And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. The world will constantly spout out truth its own truth to you. But down on the inside of you, there should be an alarm that goes off and says, oh, no, wait a minute. Something does not seem right about that. And it amazes me that as much as the news media has been caught in lies, caught misrepresenting truth, fabricating evidence, that people will still take what they say and not check it out. Why would we do that? That's why I tell you all the time, don't bring these people into your homes. If lies are from the devil, if you bring people into your home who are speaking them, what are you bringing into your home? Don't bring them in. Don't welcome them. Don't listen to their words. Get away. This is not going to help you. But this is one area. These are things that are not just of me, but they're going on outside. There is truth that's out there. And the enemy wants me to accept that truth, believe that truth, and then speak it. And I will be found to be one who speaks those truths. There are some things in the area of, of uh, racial divides that all that somebody has to say is something along a certain way to make you think that one race is against another or this happened against this and it was a racial thing. And immediately, I begin to get all upset. And no longer am I looking for the truth in the situation. And we see how lives were were ruined by this thing. Understand that the enemy is out to ruin lives of good people. He wants to find good people and ruin their lives. I heard this comparison that was made. How many of you know there was an arrest made, you know, in the Miller probe that was there? Uh, I believe, what was his name? Stone? Yeah. Did you hear what happened with that? With him getting arrested? They came by at 6 a.m. in the morning. There were 24, 29, something like that, 20, somewhere in that neck of the woods, armed officers of the FBI in full battle gear. They arrived in 19 vehicles to arrest a man who was sleeping with his wife. They barged down on the door and they took him in handcuffs only to have him a few hours later be released on his signature. There was a comparison I saw that was made to this. When we went in to get Osama bin Laden, you know how many people we sent? Seven. We sent seven armed people behind enemy lines to extract a villain. And we sent 20-some 
to extract one who was unarmed and not a villain. Does that seem odd to you? That's not the first time they did it. They did it with another rest before that too. Because they want to try and establish a narrative. They want to try and establish things inside of people's heads. It's uh, it's a shame that people let this go on. But if you let these kind of things get in your head and don't go check them out and don't check in your spirit, Father God, should I believe these things that I'm hearing? And you got to follow after what your spirit is telling you. Because the most important thing about any issue that is going on in America today is what the Father has to say about it. That's the most important thing. I don't care what anyone else has to say. I care what the Father has to say. And so there are many times that I go to the Father and I say, Father, this kind of upsets me. Um, should I be concerned? And sometimes he just says, don't even give it another thought. And I, I, I work to, I, I can't say I've always been successful. <laughs> but that's what I work to do. To get it out of my thoughts. Nope, not even going to give another thought. Just, uh, just let that go. I hear people talking about it. And I just walk away. Father said, don't give it another thought. So I'm not giving it another thought. See, I have to get his idea on it. Because I have to fall in love with the truth. If I accept a lie and fall in love with that lie, what's going to stop me from falling in love with another lie? And then another lie. And then another lie. And then pretty soon, I begin to let go of the truth. And I'm hanging on to the lies. And you want to find out how good people become unfaithful? They accepted lies. What did Saul accept when he started going down the way of being unfaithful? He accepted lies for what God had said. Well, we spared the the best to sacrifice to God. When David was sent to help him help him in his mission, the lies came. He is going to destroy you. You need to get rid of him. You need to kill him. He accepted the lies and he forsook the truth. Here's the first area. Truth. Don't accept any falsehood as truth. I always did it this way. If the media told me about it, I assume it's a lie. Everything that they say, if they say something, I assume it is a lie. And I don't get upset about it. Sometimes I'll go and I'll check it out some more and find out what's what's going on. And there are ways that you can do so. But you got to be careful. All right. That was the easy one. Are you ready for the hard one? I put the hard one second. <laughs> Here's Galatians chapter 3 verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Well, that's pretty clear, isn't it? We're all one. But not necessarily in the body of Christ, are we? There's a lot of division that we have with other people. Sometimes we can become divided by color. I was listening to um, 
uh, uh, Keith Moore, and he was talking about some things, and he, he said he just stopped referring to people by color. He said, because there's really actually, there's no black people in the world. And there's no white people in the world. Because what we call white people are not, I'm, I'm not, I may be called white, but I am not white. <laughs> and there's folks who have the term, they're, they're black people, but they are not black. They're dark brown. They're light brown. They're all, all sorts of colors. So he stopped referring to them as such. And I don't know what he does instead. <laughs> Maybe nothing. But really, what's it matter? What does it, what difference does it make? But you see, sometimes in the body of Christ, we have become polarized by color. And this is not, this ought not to be. Say, I love my pastor. That was kind of weak. You were better on it before. If you have friends based on the color of their skin, you have missed God. That's it. You've missed God. I don't care if they're good people, bad people, or what they are. You've missed God. I have friends based on who they are. There are some people, regardless of the color of their skin, I just enjoy them. I love hanging out with them. I love talking with them. And there's other people, regardless of the color of their skin, I don't want to hang out with them. I will do what God tells me to do with them, but then we're done. And <laughs> we go on. And it is not a color skin issue. It's who they are. And see, that's what, that's what we ought to get caught up with. Of course, Dr. Martin Luther King, his famous speech, character. I'll tell you what, those are, those were good words. But not everybody holds on to them. We still like, we get out there and we look. We hear that phrase, phraseology. I just heard, just heard this the last couple of days. This phrase. Well, your people. How many like to watch? I like, I like to refer to TV shows when I can. Because then if you watch them, you think about this. And, uh, you ever see, uh, the Last Man Standing? I love the interaction with him and his neighbor. When they brought him on, on staff at the store, I thought, oh, we're going to get more interaction with him. He is just phenomenal, the two of them together. And, uh, I, I, they, one time they used this phrase, and I think it was, uh, Tim said it to him, and he goes, well, you're people. And he said, what exactly people do you mean? <laughs> and, and they just had a wonderful little discourse, uh, about that, and just made it uh, so comical, and then what he assumed wasn't it, and oh, it's just, it's just wonderful. We gotta be careful though. See, my people are people who believe in the truth of God's word. The people who call their father God. I don't care what country they're from. I don't care what the color of their skin is. I don't care how they dress. Those are my people. They will always be. If we let anything else be of a concern to us, we will, not might, we will miss God. If you go through my house right now, if you went through my house 10 years ago, if you went through my house 20 years ago, if you went through my house 30 years ago, here's what I'm going to tell you you will never find in my house ever because I don't study it. 
If you do, just say, I love my pastor. Okay? Just say, I love my pastor. <laughs> there is nothing in my house that talks about white history. Well, amen. Glory be to God. You see, I don't care about the history of white people. I care about the history of God's people. I care about the history of the Word of God through, through the course of time. I care about people who stood up for the gospel. Some of them lost their lives. Those are the people I care about. I don't care if they're a black, brown, tutti-frutti, whatever color they were. These are the people that are important to me. They're the people that I want to learn about. We have to be careful about this, folks. In Colossians chapter 3, we're going to see this again. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. You have put off the old man and his deeds, folks. Stop imitating the world. The world cares about all this black history, white history, Hispanic history, all the other stuff. That's what the world cares about. We care about the things of God. Pick up the passion for the things of God and drop the passion of the world. That's the truth that we need to hang on to. That's what we need to go after. He says, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man and his deeds. Some people have not put off those deeds yet. Drop them. Get rid of them. They are an anchor to your soul. You don't need it. You have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Stop looking at these differences, folks. Are we of God? That's what we need to see. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Did you see he said must do? Must do. We still got people in the, not here in the church. I don't think we got this in the church, but we got them somewhere around. We still got people who want to still put down America because of slavery. And yet in the 6,000 years of human history, 6,000 years of human history, what nation went to war to stop it? What nation lost 500,000 lives because it was an important thing to put away? What, what nation beside America did it? There's not a single one out there, folks, who did it. And slavery has not always been white man to the black man. The black man enslaved the whites. The Chinese enslaved the blacks. The Chinese enslaved the whites. The whites enslaved the Chinese. You can name whatever race you want to. Somebody enslaved them. The Egyptians enslaved the Hebrews. We find out later on that uh, Abraham had a he had an Egyptian slave. So this is going on. It's been going on for quite a while. But they don't want to drop it. But we should. We should not be picking this sort of stuff up. I don't say forget what happened. If you forget what happened, you're likely to repeat it. We don't want to forget what happened. I don't want to forget what happened in Germany with the Jews and the persecution there. Or Russia and the, what they did to the Jews there. Or other people. Or the slaughter in China. The, the, I mean, China just slaughtered people before, before Hitler. I mean... 
in, in numbers that would have dwarfed what, what Hitler did. This kind of evil has been going on. But that's not what we're called to rally against. What we're called to rally against is the truth. The only with the truth. I put in here there are three types of people you will encounter. You can actually almost make it four. I probably should have made it four. But there are those who are of Jesus. And there you can almost divide that into two categories. Those that are actually following Jesus and those that are backslid. But I forgot to put that in there. Those who are of Jesus, those who are not of Jesus, and those who are against Jesus. See, there are some people that are just not of Jesus. And then there are some people that are against Jesus. I'm against those people that are against Jesus. I don't care what color their skin is. If they have a color different than mine and they're against Jesus, I'm going to be against them. If they have a color of skin that's the same as mine and they're against Jesus, I'm going to be against them. It doesn't matter to me. So that's why I told you that story last week, setting the stage for this. I'll let you know in that story, I can get stirred up with some racial things too when I see that kind of stuff going on. Because I wanted you to know. But that cannot be what governs us because if it would have, and it actually did, I could have missed God. But God had a way of making sure I got it done. Despite that, I should have sought after it. But I didn't. See, I wasn't sensitive enough to, to that. I let my emotions get me. You see, to God, nothing else matters. He doesn't care whether we're Jews or Greeks. He doesn't care if we are black or white or brown or anything in between. He doesn't care. What He cares is, are you with us or are you against us? If you're against Him, He's going to be against you. If you're just not of Jesus, He's going to send people to try and move you over to the side of being with Jesus. And if you're of His, His kingdom, if you're of His, His, uh, His kids, well, there you go. He's, then you got even more. Because God loves those that are His. He loves those that are His. Now, if it does matter to you, if anything else matters to you, what does that say about your faithfulness? You see, if we are going to be faithful in God's eyes, I have to be faithful to what God says is important. So as far as people are concerned, what does God say is important? Are they born again? Or are they not? That's all that matters to God. Are they on our side? Or are they against us? He doesn't care what color they are. He doesn't care what nationality they are. He doesn't care about any short, tall. He don't care. What he cares about is what side of the fence are you on? Are you on God's side or on the devil's side? Are you of your father, the devil, and your father, God? Philippians chapter 2. Let's read this one. Therefore, Verse 1, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. So we got this like-minded. Be, be like-minded. Be like this. Be of one accord. Be of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. You see, a lot of people, folks, that are all into this race stuff, that are all into, well, I'm white and I'm black and I'm brown and I'm whatever, and everything is about that. 
That is being stuff that is being done through selfish ambition and conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. If when you get into this, some of these folks who get into this racial things, you're looking at people that are not of your race as less than you. And that is not right. That is not godly. And you are not being faithful to God. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing. Oh, how many of you just got lost right there? Do all things without complaining and disputing. I mean, that hits a whole lot of people. Complaining and disputing. Do all things. Whatever you're doing, if you're doing it with complaining, you've missed God. If you're disputing, you miss God. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Are we in the midst of a perverse generation? Are we in the midst of a crooked generation? Absolutely. And he says, among whom you shine as lights in the world. But if we get down and get dirty like the rest of the world, what happens to our light? We get caught up in these disputes about race. Caught up in these disputes about the, these uh, police actions that they try and do to get people to get side on one side or the other. And then we get to turn against the police. And then we get to turn against people who are doing whatever it is that they're doing. Uh-uh. We're not going to be lights. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Now, there's a whole lot more in there. We're not getting into it all. I just wanted you to see the overall all picture that is there. So we've hit two things here. People and truth. People and Truth. How are you doing? How faithful are you? Now, how many have ever wanted to be God's favorite? You want to be God's favorite? I was uh, meditating on this. Uh, this is some weeks ago. I've kind of been holding this one in my pocket for a little while. It, it, I'm going to tell you how to become God's favorite. And, and, and you'll, you'll understand it because it'll work for you. If you want to become God's favorite, there is one group of people that you need to be extra kind to, extra receptive to, in order to get the favor of the Father. You know who that is? This works the same way with people. If you have children and someone reaches out to your, to your children with an act of kindness, 
What does that do to you? As a father or mother, what would that do to you? I mean, you don't even know who these people are. But they just, for no reason, stepped out and helped your child. Were generous, were kind, did something to your child. Would that win you over? Sure would. That would win you over. When you, you know, we have people, and uh, and they look on the on my son or my daughter, my son or my daughter, and they they look on them and they say, just reach out with kindness. We were over in Chicago when Christian had graduated from boot camp, and we sat at a restaurant. And he still had to had to wear his uniform, so we were in the restaurant. I still remember that restaurant. I'll tell you, it was something. It was just an experience. We sat there in that restaurant, and. Um, we hadn't seen him for, for a while. We were going around the city of Chicago there. Stopped in at this restaurant. And after the meal, the waiter came on up and says, your meal's been paid for by the owner of the restaurant. Just because, just to say thank you for the... So now they've got lots of service people in there all the time because this is where the Navy trains up their, their folks. Now what do you think that made me want to do to that restaurant? Throw bricks at the window? Oh, they showed an act of kindness to my son. When someone shows an act of kindness to my daughter, what do you think that does? When somebody shows the, an act of kindness to my son-in-law, I look at Nikolai just as much as a, as a son. What do you think that does to me? I mean, I, I love it when, God, when people show kindness to all you too. But you know what? There's something different when somebody does it to your own child. What do you think God does when people show kindness to Jesus? What do you think it does when they show anger to Jesus? What do you think it does to them? You want to become the favorite with God? Treat his son with all the respect that he deserves. Honor every word that he speaks. Focus on Jesus. Jesus, I am going to make you are my, the center of my world. You see, you want to become a favorite. And you want to become a favorite in the church? Do something nice for the kids, for the pastor's kids. People that oppose my children over the years, I, I'm just not as, as keen on them. I'll tell you that right now. I'm just, there's just something that I have to work through it. I have to work through it. Father God, I got to be nice to that one, but. I'm not feeling it right now. They oppose my children. Now, you won't always get to see what it is that's going on because I, I, can, I can conceal all that pretty good. <laughs> but when you, when you come against one of them, just like somebody came against one of yours. You know, my, my, uh, my daughter sent us a little thing on, I think it was on Facebook or no. She, no, she sent this on text. She sent me a text about this one. Little Lissy is over there in worship at the, at the school. And they're, they're playing the worship song and she just started worshiping God. Just like that. And somebody in the class made fun of her. Now what do you think I want to do? Something very ungodly. 
I want that classroom to have one less student. <laughs> See, I am not drawn to all the good that this one child could do. I am drawn to the fact that it came against my granddaughter. Right? What do you think God does when they come against Jesus? What do you think God does? When he sees the news media publish these, these stories that are against Jesus. Making up lies about the things of God. Mm-mm. How does God deal? I had to cut all this off your outline. You can write down whatever you want to. But how does God deal with people who are unfaithful in these areas? How does God deal with people that are unfaithful in these areas of truth and these areas of being unfaithful with other people? People who have favorites. Well, I like this color, not that color. I like this race, not that race. First off, He is merciful for a time. God is merciful for a time. Secondly, He reaches out with truth. He always sent His prophets. He always sent His message. He reaches out with truth. When truth is accepted, the past is put behind. People that were unfaithful in these areas, when they accept the truth that He has sent them, their past is put behind. Think of Paul. When truth is rejected, judgment will come. Judgment will come. Now, I want to let you know something on this. That there are sometimes that people in the body of Christ, maybe even here, that have promoted things that are untrue. There are maybe even people here in the body of Christ who have promoted one race over another. And there's a time of mercy. And there's a time of sending a message. I hear some things that go on and um, and you don't all know it because I don't let on what I know. I, mean, I don't know everything. I, I do that. But when I know something, I don't always let on that I know it. But I'll give you enough stuff in the Word of God to help you with it. And, and then we watch. Because we need to clean it up. And if not, guess what, folks? Judgment can come. Unfortunately, with God, it always came suddenly. The Word came, the Word came, the Word came, the Word came. Rejection, rejection, rejection. Then suddenly, here comes judgment. We don't want to get into that. Fix it up. Get it right. Stop opposing people that are not opposing God. You find this in churches? You got one, one person over here trying to further the gospel and another one over here, I don't think they're going to further the gospel that way and they oppose them. Why in the world are we doing that? We shouldn't be doing it. Now you should respond the same way God does. Don't get your emotions involved. There's going to be a time of mercy. People in your life that are acting up in these areas and the other areas we're going to get into. There's going to be a time of mercy. But then there's a time when judgment will come. Oh, glory to God. Change it before you get to that point of judgment. Change it. Change your attitude towards truth. Change your attitude towards the things that you repeat. Change your attitude towards people. Fix it. Fix it. Before God has to. Before somebody else has to. Get it right. 
Because we want to be faithful to God, right? And how many people does God say are faithful? Not many. Now don't raise your hand. Just use your inside hand. How many of you would say that you have been faithful with the truth? How many of you would say that you have been faithful with other people? See, we got to be careful. Get it, get it right. Because this is part of faithfulness. We got one area down. Did y'all do alright? You, st- you still love your pastor? <laughs> Race, color of skin should never come in being involved in the conversation, in the equation, in your thoughts. When you look upon another person. It should never come in. You should never be more favorable or less favorable because of the color of their skin. I mean, white people shouldn't look on black people and say, well, I need to make sure I'm not racist so I'll be more favorable. No, that's wrong. Shouldn't do it. Fix it. Be drawn to the character of the heart. That's what Jesus was drawn to. He's drawn to the character of the heart. Their love for truth. Are you of the Father? All right. You and I were good. But you're your father, the devil. Yeah, we're not good. And he uh, he confront them. You got other people. You know, there's 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 people out there. They don't believe the same way we do. They don't believe that Jesus is the healer. They do communion different. They do worship services different. They sing to God differently. They may have different days that they worship God on. They may have a different translation of the Bible. But you know what? I can tell on the inside if they're of the Father or if they're not. And if they're of the Father, I don't care if they go to church and they sing verses 1, 3, and 5. It doesn't bother me at all. I don't sit there and preach to them, well, you are not a real worshiper. Now, you know what? My spirit bore witness with their spirit. And they're born again. That's all I need to know. And I can level them. You know, when we get to go out in restaurants after, after work, after church on Sunday, I love going out to restaurants to church on Sunday. We used to do it more. We had a struggle getting people to do it. But I love going out to restaurants. And I, I love finding people that are dressed up. And I don't care if they're black, if they're white. They're Hispanic. They're Chinese. I don't care what they are. They're dressed up. I just go up to them and say, you just came from church, didn't you? <laughs> sure did. What did you guys do in church? Oh, we did this or we learned this. and Oh, man, that's good. That's, that's good. Yeah, we were, um, that was a number of weeks ago, we all went out to, uh, what is that buffet we went to? Uh, Golden Corral. I can never remember the name of that place. Golden Corral. Now, that's a long drive. It's a long drive. It's a half hour drive from here. And you know, most time you're leaving church here, you're hungry. It's a long drive. But church people descend upon Golden Corral. 
And so um, they all had gotten there before I did, and I was the last one to, to get in there. And as I'm coming in, there's a van load of, of people who pulled up and got out, and they're all dressed up. I mean, they are dressed. We got the hats. We got the suits. We are just all dressed up. And I said, oh, I know where you came from. <laughs> and we just had a fun little time talking out there. I don't know what kind of church they went to, but we had a fun, a fun time with it. I didn't need to know all that. And I could tell, just down in my spirit, I could tell these, these folks love God. I don't know about all their doctrine. I didn't have to know about all that. All I had to know was they love God. And if they're for God, I'm going to treat them good. I'm going to be faithful in that way. There's two things in this, this first place you've got to be faithful in. Faithful with the truth. Do not speak a lie. Don't repeat it. If you find out something on Facebook, got your dyer up, dander up, you got all upset, don't go out there posting it up there again or talking to people about it. Do you see this on Facebook? Check it out. Find out. Is there any truth to that? Find out what is the truth. And only speak truth. Be faithful. When you find other people, don't look at the outward do what the Word of God says. Look at the inward. Are these people who believe God? Are these people who love God? They're in the family. Glory to God. They're family folks. I have to be careful because sometimes I'm walking up in the parking lot. We're in the restaurant. We're going on inside. And I just see somebody. I, oh, man, I just feel. I just want to go up and give them a hug. But, you know, not all churches do that. And so I had to compose myself. How you doing? <laughs> but that's how we ought to be, folks. Would you all stand up with me? Did you do okay in the first one? You still? Can you still say it? All right, good. <laughs> that's good. That's good. We got to be faithful in God's eyes. That's what's important. I got to be faithful in the eyes of my God. What does God see as faithful? Not what the world sees as faithful. What does God see as faithful? This morning, it's our communion Sunday. Our shows are coming around. Distributing the elements. Remember, on the night... When Jesus brought his disciples together, you will see these two principles demonstrated. He first off wanted them to have the truth. He let them know this is what's going to happen. He warned them. He said, they're going to beat me. Going to crucify me. I will die. But on the third day, I'll be raised up. He gave them the truth. It wasn't easy to hear, but he gave them the truth. When he went to the cross, he went up on that cross. He hung by the nails. His back was beaten. His face was marred. You couldn't even recognize him as a man. And he went through all that For all the white, the not so white, 
the less white, the brown, the dark brown, the darker brown, the yellow, the red, the blue, the green. It didn't matter what color their skin was. All that mattered was they were born on this earth. If they were born on this earth, the love of Jesus was so great that he went to that cross for them. Now you think about this. How dare we ever come against one who is in the family of God as if they were not? How dare we take someone that Christ loved that greatly and gave his life for? How dare we have harsh words and disputes and arguments and challenge whether they're even worth loving at all. How dare we look down upon another brother or sister in the body of Christ? A member of the family not only did Jesus die for, but Jesus took abilities and giftings and he put them in them. And then he placed a call on their life. And we would look down upon them. How can we say that I'm on the side of God when I come against one that is in his family? How can we say that? Pharisees could. What did Jesus say about them? You're of their father, the devil. Don't ever come against people in the body of Christ. Love them. Open your arms to them. They're going to do things differently than you would. They hold some things in higher honor than you do. But that's all right their family. Embrace them. Love on them. Just as God does. Because in this we demonstrate our faithfulness to Him. Father, just as you were faithful and loved me, I am faithful and will love them. Before supper, He took the bread and he broke it and said, this represents my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The end of supper. This is the blood of the new covenant. This blood is shed for you. Jesus shed his blood for people that the enemy wants us to think poorly of, to speak poorly of, and to stand in opposition with. But Jesus' blood cleansed them.
drink together. Father, I thank you for such a great act of love that you showed giving of your son. As much as we love to see our children taken care of and blessed, how it must have hurt you to send him down here on this earth to be abused, to be killed, to be crucified. You've spoken evil against, but you did it because of your great love for us. And if you have this great love for us, we cannot but do the same. We want to have that same love for all the people in the body. It is the accuser of the brethren who wants to stir us up against each other. And for some here, we have let that occur. But Father, your word has gone out. And there can be change. I repent of any opposition that I have done to those that are in your family. And I set my face to love those in your family with the same love that you have. To speak of them the same way that you would speak of them. To think of them the same way that you would think of them. I will be faithful to what I know my God holds dear. I give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Victor. Uh, Paul speaking, he said, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. He said, Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, as, of course, the son of David from Israel and all of that, yet now we know him um, thus no longer. What we know him for now is that he is the Savior of the world. And he is our Savior. Um, we want to thank God for the word this morning, and we want to thank everyone that uh, made it to church service today, and for those that are watching on our online platforms. Um, it's usually a good thing to be in God's presence, and that's where we build our faith, and we grow from faith to faith. And we want to especially thank God for Pastor for the word um, he has shared with us today. The song that we sang this morning said, I will run the race, I will never be the same again. I will run uh, the race, I've closed the door. Um, the race, talking about the race of faith, the race of um, for the truth. We find ourselves in a world that a lot of things have been turned upside down like Pastor just spoke with us. But God has called us to run the race to keep the truth and the faith that was once delivered to us. And wherever we find ourselves, let's be faithful to what he has called us to. Amen. We have a praise report here this morning from Sister Ethel. He said, I'm thankful to God for his protection 
I left my car open and running with uh, the keys in the ignition for almost two hours outside the restaurant in the university area of um, the city. Uh, we thank God that God is mindful of not just us, but everything that concerns us. Amen. You know, um, anything could have happened. <laughs> the glory to God. Hallelujah. And um, I also want to thank God for the health of my family. Um, over the week, my wife called me and said my son and the two daughters were not uh, very okay in health. Um, commonly over there, we have malaria and, you know, those common things that happen in Africa. So um, in the night, uh, I think two of them started having severe pain, abdominal pain and back pain. So um, I've been listening to Brother Kitmore's messages on faith and how the faith we have is what we used to need to use to access the grace, the gift that God has given to us. So I I told her to lay her hands on them and I prayed with them uh, by faith. You know, um, after a while they were still crying and I told my wife, lay your hands again. I already know God's promise for us. Um, in the night, he said he giveth his beloved sleep. So my kids have to sleep, you know, according to God's promise. I prayed on them again. Um, I asked my son, are you still feeling the pain? He said, the pain is reducing. I said, good. I said, God spoke to us that he took away the pains. There was no residual left. So that pain has to go and you need to have a good sleep. So I prayed again. And by the time I ended the prayer, he was sleeping. Yeah. Praise God. You know, so our God is faithful. That is what he has promised us. And um, we should access those blessings by by faith. Um, in that similar, we are going to pray for our brother, uh, bro Boyd. Uh, Boyd. Sister Rita sent a message that um, he has been having excruciating pain on uh, on his limbs following a fall. I will not know the degree of uh, the fall and the pain, but uh, scripture is true. He is also a son of God. He is a fellow heir to the inheritance we have in Jesus. So we are going to join our faith with him and say, Lord, you that have taken away the pains, this is gone also in Jesus' name. Can we just pray together? Father, we thank you because your word is here and amen. Um, you spoke in Matthew um, chapter 8 verse 17 that he himself took our pains and took our diseases. So that is the same word we want to pray um, with our brother who is having some pain. That Lord, the pains are gone in Jesus' name. Wherever it is on the legs, wherever, Lord, the pains are gone because he also is a son of God and fellow heir of the commonwealth of Israel. So he has received his miracle even today. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. So um, I think men's oral show will still be coming up uh, February 8th. So you can meet um, uh, Brother Kate for more information about that. All right, so um, let's put the church together as we prepare for uh, the cover dish dinner this afternoon. God bless us. Amen. <laughs>